Hi, everybody. This is Jackie here again with the Sexy Politico. This week, I'm here with Vinny Potestivo. Vinny, po- Vinny, I have a podcast.com. What is your exact title again? I appreciate that. Me- I like to say a media advisor. I just help people stand out on media platforms. And this is the reason we're talking with uh, Vinny here. We're going to we're going to be hitting into the 2024 election cycle. People are going to be running for things all over the place, and we have to. And as we know, I hope everybody knows now. Your federal candidates aren't the only ones that matter. Your state, your school board, your state reps, your local representatives, those people matter just as much as your federal candidates. And I would like to see some younger people here running. And Vinny here knows a little bit more about creating a brand and helping people bring awareness to themselves. Vinny, can you tell my audience a little bit more about yourself as well? Yeah, I appreciate that, by the way. Um, And it's funny to have this conversation. There was a point in, I think, 2001, where I started a firm called The Black Horse, uh, sorry, The Dark Horse. And uh, it was literally going to be an agency that, a social media agency specifically for political coverage. uh, and I've always been fascinated with politics. I come from the little red island of Staten Island in, in, the, in the big blue district. So uh, growing up in a divided household, Mets, Yankees, Islanders, uh, Rangers, Nets, Jets. You know, trust me, if there was two options, I, I was confronted with needing to pick one. <laughs> uh, I turned some coping mechanisms into superpowers, though. I worked at MTV and uh, Fox News Network, Huffington Post. I helped cast a lot of the journalists currently on CNN, um, on MTV News, CBS News, NBC News, and, and, a, and a lot of Housewives and Osbournes and punked episodes in between. So I have a very uh, sorted array of background when it comes to television. But I got my start on Fox News uh, on a show called Hannity and Combs. Uh, Fox News, a brand new network, you know, in the late 90s to to, to the TV uh, world, super interesting. And um, it gave me an opportunity to tour the country. And my job on that show as an audience, first coordinator and then producer, was to organize the information, make sure the audience was who they were, check the IDs, make sure, you know, keep a database right, of everything right. that's right. Then it turned into help the producer pick a question that the audience is going to ask that we're going to get answered. And there's, you know, I start some, some empath learning and understanding the, the conversation, the, the questions that lead to conversations and dialogue versus just ex- explosive reactions. And, um, and it was actually choose or lose 2000 that got me my big job at MTV in the late nineties. And I, I was brought in to help find the choose or lose team. And uh, in that team was a, a man named Gideon Diego, who um, ended up staying at MTV for quite a while. Um, and shortly thereafter, I got to be part of the team that hired Sujin Park and Sway and literally changed, Ooh. you know, the new the new MTV news <laughs> for the late 90s, early 2000s. I should oh, say. come on. That was my that was my the informative uh, years, right? <laughs> school, col- early college years. Yeah, it was neat because I never, you know, I went to college and 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 for spring breaks for me, I was on music scholarship. So I did choir tour, uh, president, I was the president of the choir. So I do choir tour. Um, so when I got to MTV and I got, I got to experience spring break that way with, with Jerry Springer, you know, Ooh. or Eminem or Carmen Electra, like with a weird, you know, world that, that suddenly you find yourself thrown into. Um, but I was at MTV from 98 to 2007. I saw how empowered reality TV, 
how the perception of reality really makes a big impact. I saw it very firsthand, very closely with the Osbournes and with Ashton Kutcher, Jessica Simpson, and and, and uh, Nick Lachey and Nick Cannon, and I can go on and on about you know um, the way that I saw how uh, how our audiences, how media platforms really can serve as a conduit to fuel the fire, to change, to stop momentum, to change momentum, and, and to incrementally make a difference. Uh, I felt called to find places where I can make a difference. So I love working on hard projects that, you know, I have to win the audience over if winning the audience over means a more inclusive conversation and, and less exclusivity about what we have and a more inclusive approach to the information share, sign me up. And um, that's kind of what leads me to where I'm at now, where I'm helping independent talent brands. Still, some of them are still celebrities and some of them, by the way, are the people I met 20 years ago that are giant stars now, but but as well as independent business owners. Um, I haven't yet worked directly with someone who's running uh, a campaign. I have lots of friends in the media industry who have served on presidential and, and gubernatorial campaigns and have like run, you know, run content. Uh, but what I'd love to talk about, you know, I think is the importance of visibility and, and how to use visibility for discoverability. Because uh, there's a big yes. misconception. Uh, that can, the misconception is to increase your discovery, all you need to do is increase your visibility. <laughs> and what that I, turns and, in, and that, yeah, that, that turns into a very, you know, uh, oversaturated, you know, you know, uh, too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that turns into the, uh, into the, you know, the candidate for school board posting on their Instagram 10 times a day, and then wondering yeah, exactly. why nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a great, yeah, great analogy there. It's because, because no one's sharing it. Yeah. So for me, there's this, you know, we, we know the, the story of the tree falls, who sees it. And then there's lots of weird other ways people like to approach the answers. All of those other answers result in sharing. I take a photo and then what? Share it. Uh, what if I record, if I record the audio of the tree falling and I share it with someone, then they'll hear it. It's all about sharing. And when you realize that, that you know, the, the best way to connect is to, to add value, the easiest way to measure value is to measure shares. And for me, if there's one metric I could look at in success of, of, of how to creatively communicate uh, or destructively communicate, we can, you know, both sides yeah, of the yeah, uh, yeah, conversation, yeah. On, it's all about the share. It's all about gross mass sharing. I mean, that's, that's how Donald Trump was elected in 2016. 100% how he was elected. Everything he said was shareable. And it either made you angry or you agreed with him and both people shared what he said. Right. And he's kind of well known for saying that, right? Like on Twitter, he was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the press. I don't need to go to the press. I can say it the way I want to say it and everyone's going to talk about it. And uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what, though, there's power in knowing your audience, I got to say that too. So when you know mm -hmm. your audience, and you know what they want to share, like, I would love for people to share uplifting, inspiring conversations about winning awards, but like, no one shares that we kind of, we're afraid to share other that people's though, success. Yeah, of course, we're afraid to share our own Risk. successes. Yeah, I, we really are, because we think we're bragging. And sometimes somebody has to brag for you. It isn't going to be you. Who is it going to be? By the way, this is why I am I, I passionately teach people how to win awards. Uh, last year, I won my first uh, I won my first Emmy, and it's 25 years after being in TV. Thank you very much. 
Um, and I won it for a great project called Red Flags. It's, uh, it's a documentary about a woman coming out of rehab in the 90 days after rehab, where everybody like focuses on the beginning of the journey and intervention into rehab as if like, as if that's where the happy ending, you know, magic. happily ever after. Yeah, right. And uh, it makes it even more rewarding. But when I realized I didn't have an Emmy because I'd never applied for one, qualified for one, or like put my name in the hat for it. When I realized that all I needed to take was action because um, I'd built a career of access to find the right project to be able to get that Emmy. And, and awards, by the way, I'm talking about a creative award. So we know Emmys, Oscars, Tonys, uh, businesses, small businesses, sales, local, there's local awards. There are social awards, Bachelor of the Year, Bachelorette of, you know, there, mm -hmm. are, there are social construct awards, business construct awards. Awards are, you know, awards are one of the things that separate us and them, you know, the celebrity, the idea of like the people who are celebrated versus exactly what you say, like the people who might not, who I might not feel like I'm worthy of celebrating, even though I didn't win the award for my actions. I won the award because the project was good. The topic was great. The people involved in it were great. And my thank you speech, I didn't even think myself. So like there's zero chance. I did it for me, although Snoop Dogg has an awesome, he has an awesome quote. And if you haven't heard it already, Snoop oh. thinking himself, it's like, put it on repeat. No, I've, I, every mom I know shared that when it came out. Cause they're like, oh yeah, I want to thank me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Moms could relate, right? <laughs> every mom I know. So let's, uh, let's talk about you take, you take a, let's take a 40 year old person who social media like it that everybody has social media then they follow their family they follow their friends they follow random celebrities that they support and they've decided that they're going to they're going to run for some sort of public office mm -hmm. in their in their community where would you tell them advise that person to start when they're trying to create a brand that people could recognize them for Oh, yeah, that's a great point. Well, so what I don't want to say is, you know, it's about it's about working with community leaders that are making a difference. Why I don't want to say that is because if that's where you start, you're first off, they'll be aware of it. They know their community yeah. leaders are hyper aware when all of a sudden you're knocking down their door. Why you want everybody you know, wants to have coffee. You know what you. I mean? Like, so it's that's no way to start a relationship. We're talking about high level networking, to be really honest. We're talking about cooperative high level networking at, at the end of the day, laws, bills, every it all happens with people that we want to be doing business with that people we choose to be doing business with either at mass or at scale, whether we have to vote to get there or we're, we're choosing even individually. So for a 40 year old, I would say the first place I would go and I can certainly relate to this. Um, I would look at a community that I wanted to impact and I would sit in the audience. Mm -hmm. I really, well, I'm doing it right now, by the way, in podcasting. I'd love to be in the top 10% of podcasting, but when I get there, I want to know everyone in the room. I want to know the people on stage. I want to know the people in the audience. I want to know the people running the show. I, I had that feeling at MTV and it felt comfortable. I've seen talent have that relationship in the quote unquote industry. No one owns podcasting. So I like that about like podcasting right now, this wild frontier where I, where I'm, where I'm called and gravitated to go to, and this maybe stems from my background as an audience producer is to go with the people and let them bring me to the community leader. 
let my actions, my, my actions, my knowledge, my education, let my energy be what bring, but let them bring me in to their community leader. Let them introduce me to who they feel is the person that I should be um, introduced to. And that, that for me works. It's, it's not the easiest way about it, by the way. Uh, I'm not quick to teach people how to skip the line. Uh, you don't, you know, you, nobody, it, you, you you're not going to get fans. You no, don't, yeah, you're gonna, you don't you're gonna skip the line in politics unless your name is Rockefeller or Bush. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or Kennedy. So, <laughs> um, I would start, I would really start with the people, you know what, uh, because, because there stands the test of time. Look, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm in New York right now. So like, as we're having this conversation, you know, like George Santos is in my head and this idea of presenting yourself and jump literally what happens when you jump the line, when you jump the line, your story takes you to a place where your character shouldn't be. You're forced into decisions that are you've already predetermined yourself into because you're skipping the line. Someone like George Santos, for example, where I don't necessarily think I believe that he, maybe I'm just a very kind person, but I don't think he set out to lie to the extent that he lied. Um, I don't know how to justify this on any level, yeah. uh, but I can see incrementally how other people's version of their of my reality can start to take over me if I don't have the self-confidence, the self-worth, the stamina to be able to stay, stand, truly to stand the test of time. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of people, especially probably, this is interesting, politics and podcasting. There are some, some similarities here I'm seeing. Uh, we're going to get, we're getting inundated by experts from other fields. So that's really interesting to me. Like that's a, that's really cool to think of the amount of expertise that people outside of politics and people outside of podcasting are bringing into this industry in their own unique way. It's going to leave an opportunity um, for, for tremendous growth because we're dealing with new ingredients, we're dealing with new mm -hmm. possibilities. To those people who are stepping into politics for the first time the same way, I'm, gonna, I'm sort of like drawing these parallels between podcasting and politics um, because they're, they're both servant positions they're both of the people delivering value connecting right, people right. networking right serving except podcasters aren't responsible for the actions that come after those words yeah and i'm working with some businesses that are approaching podcasting without thinking of the responsibility that comes afterwards and i'm the one pitching them accountability groups and why you need to have an accountability discord and if you're looking to through these generations and they're to, to hit a certain demographic, why you want to be speaking their language, why I'm bringing up Roblox. And people are like, we, we really want to, you know, I, I know what the, I, oh gosh, I come from big business. I come from TV. I come from a publicly traded industry uh, on, on the stock market where, where we have to be viable commercial entities. Uh, right. There's a, a lot more responsibility now on a network level than ever. Uh, as I look at podcasting, the ability that audio has to do outside of video, like podcasting, I need a temper, I need an, an intermittent Wi-Fi signal to be able to get messaging out there. A podcasting, I see the same way that unfortunately reality TV is going to get a bum rap because one guy, <laughs> hopefully in our next big wins, there are some other amazing podcasters that, you know, stand up. But I can point it to television in which television stars became 
presidents, which movie stars became presidents, you know, new media, especially in America is all about communication. It's all about connecting. And uh, I can see in the few, you know, I'm looking at, I'm even thinking of blogging, right? Or even in social media, like we have, we've had a, a you know, a real star come out of, um, of, uh, of reality television, but in social media, it's a young age, but it's going to happen. It, it's, it's, it's building a relationship with audiences that, that go places and social media podcasting, some of this new media, it meets people when they're on their journey, not just in their rooms or not in, you know, you know, confined to a space. It meets them when they're actively on their journey. Um, what an awesome, powerful time to be in people's heads when they're moving, let alone I, yeah. when they're stagnant. I think that would be a place for somebody who feels comfortable sharing their message in not even the longest form. I mean, a 30 minute podcast where you're, where you as a candidate are talking about, I want to do this because of this. And this is why 30 minutes on a podcast to explain your point of view while somebody is sitting in the car and has, and doesn't want to read whatever blog that you have it, it's a it's just another way of connecting to people yeah uh uh also you can empower the people so like i could maybe i would say um instead of saying yes to a bunch of small podcasts maybe there's one day where you sit down and get 10 to 15 of the people who are already championing you already have access to already understand you and, and actually empower them with your story, um, invite people in, almost create it as a junket, you know, so that you can have a centralized, a centralized starting off point for a conversation that you can, the, the, the facts won't change, the people won't change, but the story will, depending on who the narrator is, who, the, who, who's asking the questions, who the audience oh, is, the absolutely. story changes. Absolutely. If you are talking just to a young person who has their own podcast, as opposed to somebody who is older than you, you were going to speak a very different language to them. And when, and in politics, your primaries are skew older. Most people who vote in primaries are older than 40. Mm -hmm. So you are aiming at this older audience for primaries while you're aiming at everybody for, for a general election. So sometimes it feels as though candidates go very moderate at the beginning of their campaign and then and then people are surprised at how liberal they are after they get elected into a primary case into out of their primaries if that yeah. makes any sense to you well yeah especially during the primaries because i mean now more than ever maybe we can say there's finally no we finally recognize there's more than just two sides to the conversation but let's let's stick to the two sides to the conversation, then one side needs to know how close to the middle they are. It's a dangerous game to be to be blunt. I think that's kind of, and you don't know how close to the middle you are until you until the other side has a clear leader and you know their positioning. Um, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't yeah. end up moving forward with this, this. Everything we're talking about here is all the reasons I didn't end up moving forward. Um, and and I you know part, part of the part of the idea why I wanted to have this agency that would um, I was lucky to work with Rob Lowe on a project that brought me to DC and um, I got to 
scout DC and we recorded this really cool project for E unfortunately that never went anywhere, which was right. really about like young political, the young, the next wave of young politicals, um, especially in, in press and journalism. And uh, you saw, you saw the gaping hole between action and content. And it drove me crazy. Social media is where we like to go to have conversations as if conversations are movement. Unfortunately, sometimes they aren't. Most of the times, you know, they're not. But podcasts, podcasts are, are, are you know, podcasts are, uh, they're, there's low entry. Let me, ha- let me think, of th- let me say it this way. Podcasts are an amazing medium for people to make impact in without, over, without underwhelming or overwhelming. Like podcasts as an audio format versus a video or social media or something. Yeah, video like. feels overwhelming to just as as somebody who I've had a blog since '09, and I've seen the incremental increase in social media usage and needing to have social media presence, and then all of a sudden Instagram's like reels reels everywhere and i'm like (laughs) like maybe 10 years ago i would have felt more confident in myself to to do and do reels and things like that and i i could see somebody in their 40s who has never had a who has never made a reel in their life be like do i need to dance am i am i a monkey am i their puppet Yeah, these you know the social media. Uh, it's it's so weird that they they ended up being called social media, but uh, the the marketing media platforms that make us socialize. It's really what it should be <laughs> thought of as. It really, I mean, it, and if you go into it that way, then it's fine and it's serving its purpose. But it's fake social, and that's the part that makes it hard. You, you know, part of being social is being accepted, and you kind of, you know, it's it's hard to not be accepted. Mm-hmm. It truly, I get it. It truly, really is. Um, again, I think another reason why I like where podcasting is, like no one owns the podcasting industry. You own this recording. I trust you more than I trust the big companies that I've worked for. And it's not because I don't trust them. It's just that because when there's that many people and that many votes, control is out of their hands. I know that yeah. for a fact. Uh, yeah. And what we can do with our words, what we can do with our action, it's actually we're more nimble and more able to accomplish more than some of the bigger companies. And I think that's why I'm also focused on podcasting and helping small businesses, helping people really, you know, stand out and build community. Podcasts are also a great litmus test, to be honest. Uh, what an awesome way to test an idea, a phrase, uh, you know, with an audience where you're getting measurable information. Uh, that you own, depending on how you, you know, have your podcast, you know, um, I, I, hosted and I such. can't agree with you more. I've, I, I took a very long break with my podcast and coming back and just seeing which episodes are getting, are, are getting traction, which episodes are not gaining traction after coming back. It's, it's different than what it was the year before that. And, you know, also, I think podcasts, you know, what I like about podcasts and, and, and politicos is we'll see people get interviewed by some of the same people on TV, and um, we'll see people get interviewed in news, and there's obviously some type of slant or bias depending on the platform or the person. What's interesting about podcasting is the, the scale and scope of character that you can reveal 
based on who's asking the questions. Mm -hmm. You have you have people who are asking questions with inherent bias. And let's be honest, most communities have built in inherent bias. Every so to, community has a bias. Right? Let's <laughs> let's not pretend like there is anything in this world that's unbiased, except for maybe math. Yeah, 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 this is true. Um, uh, to be able to, again, as I said earlier, like the facts don't change, the people don't change, but the story does. To be able to have a conversation with five people from the same community where they come from different vantage points would allow maybe me as a character to be seen. I'm being tested a bit more from five different vantage points. It's the same story, but I'm slightly changing the words and the tenor, the tone, maybe some mm -hmm. of the actions. You might read into how I work, how I answer that with a female or how I answer that with a single dad or how, how I answer that with a um, you know, a couple, you can co come into all the different sort of social and, and, and different ways and backgrounds and sexes and genders that we can imagine that that how we connect and communicate with each other. I think that more than anything, and, and just last, every election proves the point. It's not about what you've done. It's about no. what you have the capability of doing. I think we all agree that like shit's moving fast technology is <laughs> moving quick and like oh, if you're if i don't know where you stand and i don't think that you're going to be quick to move and slow to change that's what i want to make sure to be honest that's that's what i think i'm getting at in podcasting is i can see you be quick to move i can see you be steadfast and solid on an answer but i can also see where the bend is where the want and drive is for me, that's how I've always hired people and cast people because uh, it's not about like what you did because because I, <laughs> I wasn't part of that. I want to be. Are you gonna? I don't want you to do it again because that's that's like what it's got already you there. been done. Yeah, we got to do what else? What else you got in that bag of tricks? And I think yeah. that podcasting, you know, and podcasting really helps, really helps uh, round out the character and it truly does build authority and presence. Um, and there's, you know, if you're a, if you're a smaller candidate, if you're or if you're up for a smaller election, the questions that you get are gold. Thank you can you. sit there and use any AI or any type of Google device you want to see the questions that people are asking you. But until you're in it and you're being asked questions, I, I have a notion board just of questions that people ask me in podcasts. I got to track that stuff. That's important to me. I want to make sure not only do I feel like I know what I'm talking about, but there's data to it because I lean into that data. I did it at MTV, I did it at Bravo and everywhere else I was in between it. I know it works. So, so, so getting getting that type of intel from your community firsthand is almost priceless. So for somebody who doesn't know, what what is a brand when you're discussing social media and things of that nature? I like that I like you using the phrase character because it feels like the character of Susie or Bob the politician really is a character because I'm sure AOC does not act the way she acts on the house floor with her friends at home. Yeah. But what is <laughs> what would you what do you think is a brand when it comes a brand, to a person online? For me, the brand reputation. Simple reputation. It's the thing you're known for, the thing you're known to do. It's the same thing that gets you in trouble <laughs> if you have a reputation like it's the same thing that gets you in trouble before you even do it. You know what I mean? It's it's the it's the understanding. It's why my siblings look at me and um, I'll hear a weird noise and I don't know why. I've always just repeat things. I'm just gonna parrot, and my siblings will be like, "Don't do it," especially at church. They'll be like, "Don't do it." I'm like, I just my four year old is the parrot. Like, 
it's like shave and a haircut. I'm like, I'm like that guy that has to finish the phrase. <laughs> um, My four-year-old literally sang the dinosaur train theme song while the priest was blessing the communion wafers. And I'm just sitting there like, it's, song, it's a time for song. God bless his little soul is singing out. Yeah. I, I know, but it's the dinosaur <laughs> train theme song. It wasn't, it wasn't something up. We got to change. We got to, we got to, re, we got to reword it so he doesn't know that he's thinking. By the way, my cousin thought the ice cream truck was the song truck for a long time. Oh, it's a song truck. How nice. He just plays, just plays songs in the neighborhood. And my, my, I think it was my brother and sister who were like, no, you got to get a dollar. That's, that's the ice cream truck. And she's like, what? It's only a dollar where you live? Back then in the 80s. (laughs) For those pink, the pink strawberry uh, good humor one. I like that one. The almond pink one. I like that strawberry one. That was my mother's favorite. And she would would take the mom tax from that. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I would, and then I would keep, and I would, even if I won, you know, I think back then you can like on your stick, you might win a free thing or whatever. I would always keep them. My friends thought it was so weird that I kept, and I keep my winning lotto tickets too. I haven't won anything giant yet. But I I thought I'd rather have winning lotto tickets than like a dollar for a cashed in lotto ticket. Like that's kind of fun to have a winning lotto ticket. Um, anyway, I digress about the the mindset that I I use to approach success. I don't want to scare anybody off here. Uh, no, no. Uh, that that being said, um, uh, you know, building a relationship with an audience through media, podcasting is a great way to do it. I really, I mean, I can't think of a more direct, more rewarding way to do it that's actually measurable. Like there's real data to be measured there. Uh, the brand, I think the brand is a reputation. I think it's an expectation. It's what you should and could do in the room. It's what we expect you to do. It's not what you have done in the past, but it should be what you've learned from in the past. And to me, that type of story is something that um, we'll see more and more on social media. Uh, I'm actually, you know, looking. I'm I'm really curious about Pete Buttigieg's brand, especially after you know the election and in this interim time where travel is so important i'm watching what he and his husband are doing to build a narrative and a story and um he, he's someone that i'm really seeing you know lean into his personal brand while solving problems um and would be someone you know again uh, i want to be careful about throwing out political assumptions i admittedly <laughs> watched the first episode the first uh, skit of snl to make sure I am up on my politics. So I just wanted Tina Fey and Jim Fowl, thank you. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a bit of levity that I approach life with too. That being said, I, I, uh, I don't make those choices lightly. Uh, but yeah. creating, creating, creating an audience, creating an audience that's going to move, move to the ballots, move to make change and be inclusive in that conversation, that audience is coming to podcasting. I don't believe that that audience is at podcasting right now. I say that because everyone always says the number one podcaster is Joe Rogan. So I'm like, uh, the audience is expanding and the more inclusive creators we can get behind the mic and not only behind the mic, but that own the actual content as well. I know there are lots of companies that are happy to um, hire people um, yeah, uh, you know, marginalized voices. Uh, I can go down a list of people that could that you know um, are called on to bring diversity to other platforms, as opposed to creating our own. And and that's what I really want to help. And that's what I see podcasting doing for a hundred percent for a fact. 
is helping these people build the like the neuron, like the neurocenter of their media platform. Podcasting connects to books and speaking tours and documentaries and other, you know, and other opportunities of action. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that as we move closer to 2024 into the primary season, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw here, Debbie Stabenow, who is the longtime senator from the state of Michigan, has decided to retire. And I wouldn't be surprised if some, the youngest you can be to be a senator is 27. I could see a 30, 35-year-old person who is like, has their podcast, who is using that to say, this is what I'll do different. This is what I believe, X, Y, Z, and use that as a way to share their point of view and their story too. I just got goosebumps on what you said there. I agree. And, By the way, I yeah. also think you want to know a big, I just, a big strategy for, for um, podcasts and politics. Hmm. It's going to be in the ad space. It's going to be, I mean, like right now I see Bravo make one season of Housewives, which is 24 episodes. That's one hour. So that's 24 hours of content. They have 200 podcasters and they make five to seven episodes per podcast. I mean, the math, do the math on that. It's incremental. The sharing volume is incremental. You ask me, how do I, how would I scale a business? How would I scale the presence of someone stepping into politics now? I would put them right in the middle of an audience of the people who need to make content. I'd let them feed into that content. I'd make sure those people have bits of their story. And then when it's time to run the campaigns, there's ad space in those stories. Yes, there is. And those community that those communities are already tapped into. Uh, last year, uh, I mean, last every every election prior to now, a big focus on Facebook and social media YouTube ads, ads and YouTube ads. I think that YouTube podcast ads, ads are going to be, especially for our primaries and generals coming up, especially this general coming up. Are you kidding? The congressional campaign I worked on the the candidate who actually won just just ran youtube ads for yeah. the two weeks before the election and yeah. everybody knew his name before and he he won by 30 points yeah is it's a story yeah. it's those stories the stories the stories are shareable and in that space so in podcasting you know the episode exists and then ads get added on on top of yeah well i know you know but i'm sort of explaining for the yeah for the purpose of this episode, I really think that's actually, um, and it's measurable that IAB, like there are actual metrics to these ads to these, to be honest, podcast ads are closer to TV ads than anything. There is a real clear metric um, of reach when it comes to that. So, uh, but I can certainly see because of the amount of people listening to podcasts and the personal relationship we have to these podcasters more so than ever, right? First, it was the influencer economy. Yeah. Now we're in the creator economy, all these like, you know, dismissive words that they make for us. Soon it'll be the editor economy, by the way, where it's not about discoverability, yeah. someone, it's about curation. Told me I was a copywriter and I'm like, I am? Oh, yeah. You're you're up next, I, by the way. You're up next. I didn't know I was a copywriter. Wow. <laughs> you know, everyone's on this AI chat GPT thing. Now that they realize what they can and can't do. There, and the, the amount of time we spend on AI trying to get it someplace when a copywriter like you can come in and bippity boppity boop, <laughs> make it there. Yeah. But, but, but that's point of reference. 
that's frame of reference and point of reference. That's knowing bookending what you want to say, knowing where the story is from your perception. And I can see that level of clarity from you out of the gate. So um, that's cool that you identify as a copywriter. I am a creative that needs a copywriter. <laughs> I, sure. I needed a copywriter after having my kids because your brain just goes crazy after having kids. It's you know, what, what, yeah, what voice do you write in at that point, right? Oh like... my God. That's why I took a year, almost a year off. It's because I just, I wasn't there. Yeah. I, I knew I wasn't there and I wasn't going to put out shit. Yeah, well, back in time and a great conversation to, to be had about politics and uh, about the intersection of politics and podcasting. I do think there's danger in the ads though. Um, yeah. I'll be, I'm going to be mindful about that and I'll, I'll explore that a, a little bit more about how, um, how some of these platforms are even preparing for it. Uh, I have an appearance at Podfest in two weeks and I'll be sitting down with Podbean and Libsyn. So I will ask this question and I'll come back to you about, uh, sounds great. Cause I would uh, love to talk to you again in sure. uh, the near future. Awesome. Sign me up. All right. Sounds great. Um, thank you so much for being on the sexy Politico and we will be talking to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.